Hi everybody, welcome to Leipzig. The podcast is back. This season we've been following the Leipzig music trail. We've marveled at the Gewandhaus Fresco, conducted music at the Mendelssohn House, inspected instruments from another time at the Bach Museum, and today we come full circle. We are back at the Augustusplatz, right across from the Gewandhaus in the opera. We, meaning myself and Hi, Paula. Hi, Lucas, and greetings to all our listeners. Right now, we're standing literally behind the stage of the opera. It's super exciting to see what it looks like back here, and I'm quite impressed by the sheer size of it all. But we won't actually be staying here long because we've got a lot to discover during our visit to the opera today. One of the oldest operas in the world, by the way. And today, we have the pleasure of exploring some areas that most visitors won't be able to experience, neither visually nor acoustically starting with the backstage area that we're in at the moment. Right, we get to peek behind the literal curtain, see the nuts and bolts, stand where the singers get ready to enter stage, and the dancers of the Leipzig Ballet. I'm in. This is going to be great. I'm always excited, and you listeners should be too. Welcome to Leipzig, the podcast for your trip to Leipzig. I was just a little girl, I used to take part in a lot of theater productions in school, and I gotta say, my most favorite moments took place behind the scenes in the backstage area, right before the big show. You could feel the excitement and that everybody was thinking more or less the same. Like, when do I have to go on stage? What were my lines again? And is my mom already sitting in the first row? It's like there was this buzz in the air. I know exactly what you mean. As if the air was electrically charged and about to unload, like right before a storm. I wonder if the excitement and the nervosity hold up over the years or mellow with time and experience on stage. I've often heard that being nervous can improve your performance, can give it more energy. Well, today we get to pose this and other questions to Natasha Duda. Hi, Natasha. Hello, very nice to meet you. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for having us at the opera. Let's start with the basics for our listeners. Who are you and what do you do here? Uh, so, my name is Natasha Duda. As you guys mentioned already. Um, I am 29 years old and I'm a professional ballet dancer here at the Opera in the Leipzig Ballet. And I've been dancing here for about five seasons. Um, so yeah, I think I can show you a little bit around the house and uh, show you some things that are exciting. <laughs> I have one question. As you already heard, we were talking about our memories of going on stage, uh, being nervous, the adrenaline, the atmosphere. How's it for you? Do you still feel the rush? Um, I definitely still feel the rush. I do sometimes get nervous, but I also get excited. So it really, it really is depending on which performance we're doing. Is it a premiere? Uh, I'm rather a little bit nervous than only excited, but it always helps, you know, once the adrenaline kicks in, it allows you even to improve your performance sometimes or even to forget about little pains we have. It is part of it. It's also a necessity, I think. But it's also, it's also definitely a nice feeling to be um, relaxed when you're on stage. You need, you need a really good balance of both, I think. That makes sense. And uh, speaking of being on stage, I mean, we're standing behind the stage right now. Do you think it's possible for us to go on stage? Yes, I can definitely bring you there. It's just a few steps away. So let's, let's go. go. Exciting. 
So now we are standing on stage. It's literally one of the biggest ones in Europe and we have a lot of room to do our art here, which is really nice. And, oh, I think they're about to do a sound check, the technicians. Oh, wow. I wonder what they're going to do. Wow, that was incredible. A whole body experience. And I mean, this was just a rehearsal. Imagine what it must be like during an actual performance. I would assume we're in the most important room right now, the Great Hall, where all the shows take place. And of course, we had to get up on stage. Yes, of course. And with the backstage open, as it is at the moment, this room is huge. It's fun to imagine a scenery created by an intricate backdrop. The musicians sitting in the orchestra pit playing, dancers twirling out of the dark into sight. Lucas, you good? Uh, uh, sorry, yes. I guess I got a little carried away there. You still with us, though? Yep. Anyway. Back on track. <laughs> I'd suggest we let Natasha guide us a bit through the building. I'm dying to see more of what's happening backstage. Where should we go next? Oh, I think something that could be maybe interesting to see um, is the daily ballet class that is happening right at this moment. So maybe let's go together to the fourth floor. Sounds great. Definitely. So we followed Natasha upstairs and now we're in a hallway and in the background you can already hear that there's a ballet class going on right now. Yeah, let's take a look. So you've been here in Leipzig for a couple of years now, right? And uh, when you think back, can you remember a part or like a point in your life when you said, I want to become a dancer? Um, I cannot consciously remember now because I was three years old when I said I want to be a dancer, how much I knew in that moment, what that means, I don't think I knew. <laughs> But the fact that it all worked out and that it really is what I really enjoy doing today, I think that's very fortunate. I never had to think about it, what's... What would I like to become or what my profession could look like? It was always very clear for me somehow. Even if I didn't know all the, all the struggle that it can bring as well or the effort rather, let's say. Yeah. Speaking of effort, I mean, what do you have to do to become a professional dancer? Uh, well, you definitely need professional schooling and education, which takes... Um, A couple of years, let's say, you have to start quite young to be able to 
to train your body in the right way, also to not get injured and to have enough technique to support your dancing. And yeah, from then on, that's what you do. You need daily classes, as we have here as well in the company, of course. And um, yeah, they are a necessity also for in injury prevention, to keep in shape, to train coordination, stability, flexibility, musicality, a lot of different things. And then you need to also enjoy it, no? And dance. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the most important thing almost. Absolutely, yeah. It is known that, that ballet has a very demanding technique. And obviously you have to, you have to train a lot every day. Would you have time at all to, um, to do something else, a different style of dancing? Or is it, is it so demanding that you have to keep doing ballet all the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, ballet itself, I think by today, is a little bit of a wider spectrum. Because yes, classical ballet it requires a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time. But uh, I think most dancers here in the company are their base is that they're classically trained, trained, sorry, but then you use that technique also to develop strength in contemporary and modern styles, because that's what we do here more as well. So there is time for many things, and I think the more you learn in one way, the more you can use it also in different ways. Uh, so it's always useful, mm -hmm. like well, no matter what you learned, also like experiences in life, or um, you can always... Um, adapt them to something else, I think. Okay. Do you think if you went to a club, would you spot the ballet dancer in the crowd? Oh, I don't know. I think we dance very sloppy in clubs because we're, <laughs> we just want to let go and just, sure. uh, just dance, you know, not sense. think about yeah. it. <laughs> okay, so uh, how, does the, how does the daily life of a ballet dancer look? Um, well, generally we have class in the morning where you need to also... Be warm and prepared before you do that. And let's say we do have a show. Uh, so you would have some rehearsals after class to prepare uh, what is left to be prepared, uh, choreographically or musically or however. And then you have a couple of hours of a break and you need to do makeup, you need to do your hair, you need to get dressed uh, and you need to warm up again before you go on stage. Yeah, that is one example of how a day could look like. Okay. There is many more as well. <laughs> What do you think? How many performances could you, could you do in a week on a regular basis? From one to five, everything is possible. Depends on the season. You know, let's okay. say it's, it's winter and the nutcracker is on. You could be having also double shows in a day. Um, but yeah, let's say before a premiere, when we're getting ready, there is a few weeks where we don't have a show, for example, because we need to prepare the new material and the choreographies. You said that you have to decide to become a professional dancer quite early, and I can imagine that you've been around a lot uh, during your career. How did you end up in Leipzig? Somewhat by coincidence, I didn't really know exactly what I'm getting into, which actually I find now very interesting, because Leipzig has a lot of variety and a lot of really... Um, interesting, famous things that I didn't know before about. So how did I get to Leipzig? I was, um, I was looking for a new job, to be honest. I wanted some different experience. I wanted to see how different companies work. I wanted to do a little bit more of uh, contemporary dance or modern dance. And um, this is how I got there. It was also not intentional. As often, this is also maybe interesting to say that we often don't choose our jobs. It's like what 
which jobs is available and then if you're lucky you're gonna get a position mm. it's really more like that <laughs> but you feel lucky to be here in Leipzig right now Oh yes, I finally settled a little bit in a place. I was moving around every other year since I'm 15, so I finally found myself here enjoying many parts of it, like um, in the job, also in my private life. It has a lot to offer and I'm really happy about that. What were the stations before Leipzig? So when I was 15, I started uh, my professional dance education in Vienna in the... Wiener Staatsopernballettschule, I don't know how you say that. <laughs> and then I went to Munich for a year uh, to the dance academy there. And from there on, I was for two years in Bratislava, in the ballet Bar Bratislava. Um, and from there on, uh, I was doing a little bit more like really classical ballet in Brno, in the National Theatre, in the company there. Um, and after that, I landed here in Leipzig. Well, then you've been around quite a bit on this journey. Are there any experiences on stage or maybe within just like the ballet school which really stuck out, which you still can remember to this day, which were very special? Uh, there is many, many very special moments from really funny ones uh, to very uh, intense ones. Uh, but the thing that I find most precious because it's, the most rare, I cannot point out one single moment, but the thing that is really fulfilling is when everything comes together at once, you know, when the orchestra is playing in, the, in a way that you really feel how it's going to be, like that you can let go in the music that you're dancing in, that you can feel uh, your colleagues around you, how they are, and that you, can, you have full awareness of everything. And these are the, and you're enjoying it. This is something that I really, I think that's why many of us are doing this. Because once you feel that, you, you know why you're doing it. <laughs> It's really worth the effort. Okay, yeah, very nice. Thanks, thanks for your answers and for taking the time. Who knows, we might get to see you on stage. I hope so, I would love that. Um, yeah, thank you for having me here. I really enjoyed it. Also, thank you for me, of course. Thank you so much for taking the time and showing us around the opera today. It was very fun. Bye. Bye. It's so interesting to see what's going on in an opera house on a daily basis. I never knew there was this much going on. But we have to get going now because we have our next appointment waiting for us. We have a talk with the director, Mr. Schirmer. Yeah, but first, let's go down that hall. You hear it? I don't hear anything. The music. Are you imagining things? No, I hear the music. Let's check it out. We really don't have the time. Okay, then I'll catch up with you. You can take care of the sound check. And I'll just see what's going on there. Promise me that you won't be late. Of course. Okay, see you. Okay, see you. Ich 
Please excuse my intrusion. Uh, my name is Lucas. I'm here with my colleague Paula. We're uh, recording a podcast about the opera. And uh, I was roaming the halls and heard the music, uh, and I couldn't resist. What uh, musical piece was this? Uh, this was from an opera called Rusa Rusalka, and I was singing the witch, Yeshi Baba, and she's just conjuring up these spells and how she's going to help the poor water nymph, Rusalka, to become human. So this is more or less the, the, um, the scene that I was singing. Okay. Yeah. So uh, could you introduce yourself? Yes, the... yes, I'd love to. Uh, my name is Karin Lovelius. I'm a singer here in the Ensemble at Oper Leipzig. And with me today I have Ugo Dorazio. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Ugo Dorazio, a pianist at this house and a studio leiter, head of the musical staff. So uh, and you're just practicing here for something specific or just... Uh... Just, your chops. Yeah, just, you know, it's like, it's like with a sportsman, you need to keep the, the voice fresh. So okay. I go back to my favorite roles and I work with the pianist and just go through them and check that everything's working and uh, yeah. Okay, so the two of you work uh, or like work out together often? Yes, we do. We do. I mean, now maybe once a week or every, once every fortnight. But uh, it's like an opera singer, you can never really take like a holiday for weeks. You always need to keep going. And that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Okay, so um, then I don't want to disturb you any longer. No problem. But if you don't mind, uh, I could listen a little bit? Yeah, sure. Be, okay. be our guest. Thank you. Thank you. about to start. Okay, which way? This way, right? Uh, no? Uh-oh. There's another staircase. Wasn't this the one before? Ooh, I think I'm lost. Yeah, Lucas promised to meet me here, but he hasn't showed up yet. But I have to get to this next appointment. Hello, Mr. Professor Schirmer. Thank you for taking the time today. We're in an area that uh, normal visitors wouldn't normally be able to see, probably. Can you tell us a bit more about where we are right now? Yes. Uh, this room here belongs to the rooms of the intendant. It's a quasi big office room for meetings. You already mentioned the word intendant. In English, I think it's director, and you are the director of the Opera Leipzig, and you have been since 2009. How did you get that job? Oh, I started here. 
in this house uh, as a, as we call it, general music director, the music director. I was two years music director. And then suddenly this opera needed a director. And so I began to speak with the mayor of the city and with several persons because I had an idea what to do here with this house to bring it up. And what did you do since you started? I made a long program, five years program. And this program had a focus on Richard Wagner and the famous Italian operas. And this worked. <laughs> Obviously. The opera looks back on over 300 years of history. What would you say were the most important milestones in this history? The Gewandhaus Orchestra played from the beginning in this opera house. This is a milestone. Mm -hmm. And then in the times of the DDR, Joachim Herz um, made a really world-famous inszenierung of uh, Der Ring des Nibelungen. Mm, later on in the 90s, uh, Udo Zimmermann brought Stockhausen Freitag aus Licht. And we will bring all Wagner operas in 22. That sounds really exciting. Was the opera always located where it's currently located here at the Augustusplatz? Um, before this house, it was opened in 1960. Um, there was an older opera house which was bombed in, I think, 42. Speaking of the building that was built in uh, the 1960s, uh, every time I go into an opera, I feel like it's uh, it has this majestic impression on me and I feel like especially for younger folks it could um, they could feel like they don't necessarily fit in with this image of the opera what would you tell those people so the student group is the third biggest group of our visitors here in the opera house we have a young audience and they can come in with low prices We have a big department for young people, Junge Oper Leipzig. But I think you refer on the students mm -hmm. who are able to pay five euros or eight euros for, for a <laughs> <Maximum>. ticket. Maximum. <laughs> yes. And um, we have contact with our dramaturgy, with this group, and we try to invite uh, young people And I don't want uh, to have any barriers for these young people. You also mentioned the Junge Oper, and we in this podcast have already discovered that there's a lot of um, important music venues in the city. Mm. Are there any cooperations between the opera and the other music houses? Yes. The biggest cooperation is uh, between opera and Gewandhaus, because Obviously. the Gewandhaus Orchester plays... In, 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 in the opera house. Mm, and we have connections with the Schauspielhaus. The director of the Schauspielhaus made an inszenierung here with me in the opera house. And so we are all in very good contact here in this city. There's a lot of um, discussion between the houses, between the directors. 
Yeah, I feel, yeah, we really got that feeling during this podcast as well. And we also talked to one of your ballet dancers earlier. What tourists might not know is that here in this house, there's the opera and there's also the ballet. And how do these two like intertwine maybe? Yes, the ballet is uh, giving 40 performances a year on the big stage. The opera, 90 performances. And therefore, uh, everything has to work very good together, has to fit uh, uh, together to make a good plan for the audience. It works fine. <laughs> It obviously does. One last question is, what's your favorite opera? Parsival. That's it? Yes. No more details? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Then uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. And uh, have a nice day. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Ah, there you are. Lucas, there you are. I've been waiting for you. Uh, yeah, I uh, kind of got lost in this maze. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, you missed quite an yeah. interesting conversation that How I was just it? had. It was great. Tell I'm going to tell you all about it when we get out of here. Okay, deal. Oh, the gong. Uh, we better wrap up. Yeah, that's a sign that the show is going to start. And before we get flushed by all the visitors. Let's get going. Okay. Our tour today ends right where your night at the opera would start, on the steps outside the building overlooking the beautiful Augustusplatz. On the opposite side, we can also see the Gewandhaus that we showed you in one of our earlier episodes of this podcast. If you haven't already, feel free to go and listen to that one right after this episode. Exactly. Do that if you want to learn more about the music destination Leipzig. And with this episode, we've come to an end of our journey along the Leipzig Music Trail. We visited the Gewandhaus, the Mendelssohnhaus, the Bach Museum and the Opera. Paula, looking back, what do you think? Generally, I'm just very moved by how much love and passion the people we met along our way have put into their jobs. In the Gewandhaus, I realized that sometimes it takes a little seriousness to have fun, but also that it can be fun to be serious. And the Mendelssohn House impressed me with their attention to historical detail while still focusing on being modern. Right, what blew my mind the most is how much music history is to be found in Leipzig. In daily life one might not take heed of it, but after this season I look at the sites with different eyes. I'll keep following the music trail Leipzig from time to time. And if you want to listen to any other episode from this podcast, go to Leipzig.travel or anywhere you can find podcasts. We hope we could give you listeners some inspiration for your next trip to Leipzig. And on that note, we conclude this episode today. Thank you for tuning in and goodbye. Bye-bye. Welcome to Leipzig, the podcast for your trip to Leipzig. <laughs>